This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. It's National Do Something Nice for Someone Day. Hell, it is. Right? I was <laughs> met with resistance. <laughs> Live from Studio C. I'm going to do something nice for you. Straighten out about these phony days. <laughs> Senor. Uh, dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Combine. Kicking off uh, another week, which is really, really exciting. Um, and today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Donald J. Trump. COVID sufferer in chief, by God. The first patient. That's right. So he's feeling better. So depending on when he got it, and nobody knows for certain, the guess is like today or tomorrow's his date today, which all the experts are telling me is the key day. Mm. That's when you either are, uh, you get clearly on the mend or the real... The real dire part of the situation, if you're going to have it, kicks in. It's a crossroads, Jack. It is a crossroads. There's a good uh, good word for it. So that's either today or tomorrow. The guess being that he got it sometime last weekend. Mm-hmm. He reports uh, most recently that he's feeling much better, actually considering uh, coming, quote-unquote, home to the White House and back to work. On the other hand, I recall when uh, Bojo, Boris Johnson of Britain, uh, had rather a roller coaster ride at yeah. one point there, saying he was doing just fine. He'll be back uh, tussling his hair at 10 Downing Street any minute now. And then he took a turn for the worse. Well, if you combine the fact that the disease does that, uh, you're looking better, you get worse, you're looking better, you get worse, you die mm-hmm. in some cases. Sometimes, yeah. You combine the fact that the d- disease does that with you have no any I- no idea whatsoever if anything you hear is true. You combine those two things and you're really in a bad situation in terms of trying to speculate as to what's going on yeah a little uh difficult to leap uh, from the lily pad of logic to the you know the, l- the lily pads of logic when they're that far apart and some of them are fake well but. for instance when you've got the chief of staff today saying he's doing well okay M- maybe he is i don't know you said the opposite of what the doctor said on saturday so that's kind of weird so i don't know what's going on there. I-, I don't what i don't understand and maybe i'm too hip for the room or or cynical or something but where did this presumption come from that we should know the president's condition every minute? I was thinking about that. If it, if Reagan had been shot in the age of Twitter and 24-hour news, if, if uh, you know, Kennedy, any of these situations, the Cuban Missile Crisis, why won't you tell us? Because you don't need to know. We get we get bigger fish to fry than national you know? security is at stake. Because if you know, then Khrushchev will know. Get it? And I was just picturing, a, what was it? I would think it was on Saturday when the news was all flying around in various directions, thinking, you know, it wasn't that long ago that everybody would have found out on the evening news they'd have got like a one-minute update. Then you would have waited 24 more entire hours before you got another like one-minute update right. on what was going on, and everybody would have been fine with that. Well, yeah, and honestly, when you're talking about a medical condition, that's perfectly reasonable. If you ever had a doctor say to you, well, unless you're in horrific trouble, doctors don't say, well, we'll keep an eye on it and see how he is in three minutes. Yeah. I mean, you just <laughs> that's not the way it works. That's, that's a pretty good point right there. When you're sick yourself, you don't get those kind of updates. Right. Nor would I want them. One, You're still the same, Joe. Yeah, I know. I can, uh, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I would like to know, um, and maybe if we have any doctors listening or uh, somebody who's willing to pretend to be a doctor on the Twitter, 
um, or the text line. Uh, if, you know, getting oxygen, various things that have happened. Um, if I had, if I had the kind of health care the president has where money's no object, there's no downside whatsoever to doing everything, would you give me oxygen? I mean, just why, why not? What's the downside? I mean, it's, it's different for me going to the hospital. If you give, if, if you're, if I'm at the state where they're giving me oxygen for COVID, mm-hmm. it's a pretty big deal. Is it for the president though, or do they just do everything? It's not like, well, he's got a copay and, uh, the hospitals refused that. So, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, they're willing to do everything. You might have mild something, and they give you oxygen. I don't know. Well, I'm sure we have respiratory doctors and or therapists listening, and you could text us, 415-295-KFTC, or email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, is everybody who's admitted with a respiratory problem at least geared up to get oxygen? Or at what point does that become, I, I guess, you just have it there in case they need it? I guess my point is, uh, that I'm poorly making, is uh, can you draw any conclusions from any treatments they give the president based on what they do for normal people? doesn't seem like you would be able to. No, there's, there's a distance there. Yeah. I mean, for instance, there's a great deal uh, being discussed about the fact that the president is getting virtually every treatment known to man right now. Uh, steroids, remdesivir, which is that antiviral, the uh, antibody cocktail that they've talked about, which is experimental at this point. Uh, he's getting all of that at the same time. Which they gave him a big fat shot in the ass. That's, and- that's right, sir. It's uh, with all three of those elements in it, and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, apparently that's uh, controversial somewhere. But so they're throwing everything at him. My favorite Twitter conversation of the weekend was: You realize Walter Reed being a medical uh, a military hospital is socialized medicine. You know, take a second of that. Yeah, somebody emailed right? us that. Yeah. And then the follow up, I think, was Tim from Tim Sandifer. Yes, and as in socialism, as always happens, somebody powerful and rich is getting better care than the rest of us, uh, which is yeah. also true. So, yeah, clearly, uh, drugs that you would not be able to try, the president's uh, getting to try. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, in the president's situation. Mm-hmm. But in general, that is the way socialized medicine works out. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad before we get to the nuts and bolts of the day. And there's lots to talk about. And it's national due to something nice for someone day. Yeah, I'd like to, whoever came up with that, I'd like to punch him in the neck. <laughs> let's, uh, let's introduce our board operator up there, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers so close to your wedding. Yep. You can see it from here. I got five more shows as a single man. Yeah, it'd really be hard to back out at this point. Yeah, it really would. Um, I wanted to get some humor in the wedding, but it's just not going to happen. I wanted to walk, you know, the bride walks down to a song, and then I wanted to walk down to Chariots of Fire. And I thought <laughs> it would be really, slowly. Yeah, that I would, thought be it would good. be really funny. I wonder but... if anybody's ever done that. <laughs> Slow motion running. She'd have, she had none of it, so. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> that would be a no, honey. My, uh,. My experience with uh, mine and, and uh, being, you know, in the wedding party for other people's weddings is uh, men are often looking for an opportunity for a laugh. Yeah. And, and women pretty much never are no. thinking, where could we get a good laugh during the wedding ceremony? Oof. They're never, never really not, not on their mind. Even just a single thing for me, honey? <laughs> just one? No. Well, it's, it's pretty one much chuckle. It's pretty much preparation is what it is. I'm getting you. <laughs> oh, stop <Wee>. it! <laughs> I even tried to get our mailbag music in, but I couldn't. <laughs> the mailbag I music. I thought it would be funny. You know? It'd be a hit audience, but I knew you guys would enjoy it. So that would be funny. You turn around and face everybody. We got a few emails. One table's just cracking up. Right. See, Jim in Oakland wrote, "Good luck, Michael." 
There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, and uh, th- this news cycle this weekend really just solidified something for me. That uh, Imagine being alive in 2020 and believing what you are told by various spokespeople. Or, you know, it's just the, the, why, why people believe in, oh, the spokesperson said this thing, and another person said another thing. Yeah, they're probably both lying. It's probably somewhere in between what people are saying. I heard somebody I respect say, the American people deserve full transparency on this. We do? Wait, wait, yeah, when, I'd when, like when, to question your premise. When did that become a thing? Eventually. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, eventually. But uh, short term on the president's health, no. And then to the spokespeople not telling you the whole truth, yeah, that seems to be kind of be the way the whole thing works most of the time. You know, if you're going to posit that the White House's messaging machinery is less disciplined than some of the past, I would agree. Well, we do need to unpack what happened on Saturday because that was weird. I have no idea what was. I don't know what the intent was. I don't know what I don't know what yeah, happened. There. Yeah, yeah, Very it's just weird. a little floundering. <laughs> a little, okay. Well, you're getting slightly. Yeah, a um, touch. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. How did it get to be Monday, October fifth? The year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. Shall we begin then? Yes. According to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. You've had the same entry-level job your whole career. Hey, don't knock entry-level, Marge. At least I don't have to wear long sleeve shirts, go to webinars, and supervise a bunch of entry-level losers with their short sleeve shirts. That's from last night's Simpsons. Yeah. What is this, season 31 or... 31 or 41? Some, uh, some unquestionably high that number. That was freaking funny. <laughs> 31 seasons in. Homer's still making me laugh with new stuff. That's beautiful. <laughs> Bunch of losers with their short sleeve shirts. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, I might have to see if the kids can watch that one. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. Come on now. People have been waiting all weekend long. We actually got a uh, a blood sample from the president, so we're going to be uh, running that through the old lab microscope, and we'll be looking that over, and we'll have results later this hour. What? We need the door What's open. Well, I am here to assist oh, if we need any oh, sort of wow, blood that, work that's, done. That's, right, that that's not... right. You're out on your own recognizance pre-trial. That, Elizabeth uh, that's Holmes. Correct. You're, you're not involved. I'm just everybody. outside the building walking my wolf. <laughs> yeah. and... It's just a dog. <laughs> I mean, that, it's that like a husky or something. You're not involved in this in any way. With just a single drop of blood, I can put it into my machine. Your machine is empty. You really need to be on websites about how to deal with prison. Please go away. Punch the biggest, fattest, nat- nat- and yeah, get out. Get out, Elizabeth. Oh, oh. gotta go get my dog. So, oh, uh, <laughs> so we'll get into all the stuff that happened over the weekend on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There is one piece of medical equipment that I think is foolproof in determining the president's health. Um, and it is, <laughs> I think I'm ahead of you, but that's and great. A, and it's available to us all. That's beautiful. All right, we will More reveal that. that sensitive piece of equipment coming up in a moment or two. also want to tell you, we have an absolutely fantastic screed by a law enforcement officer who loses his diplomatic 
cool at a press conference. But I don't mean he like loses his head, loses his temper. No, he goes ahead and tells the truth. No matter who doesn't want to hear it. And it is so good, you can't even believe it. Stay can't tuned wait. for that. Mailbag. There are a handful of philosophers who... Oh, look at Joe Biden up on the what? TV what? wearing the biggest mask I've ever seen. Oh, look at that. He's he... within 200 feet of somebody who wears the biggest mask you've ever seen. Over his entire head. <laughs> like a grocery bag. <laughs> so there are a handful of philosophers. Thomas Paine jumps to mind. I'm trying to think who else. Um, you know, occasionally they, they're a little out there for me, but mostly their their canon is excellent. Their I w- canon? I would put Ayn Rand in that same category. Um, anyway, uh, our freedom-loving quote of the day sent along uh, by Ian and Tijuana. Most of this week, we're going to feature uh, quotes you folks have sent in. Your favorite freedom-loving oh, like quotes of the day to mailbag at Armstrong. Hmm. I've said the name of the show six million times. How could I possibly choke on it this morning? Who knows? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I love the listeners doing more work and us doing less. I think that's a great strategy. Put kind of a fine point on it there. <laughs> Have you considered being good at your jobs? <laughs> Ayn Rand said this, and I love this. The smallest minority on earth is the individual. Those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be defenders of minorities. That's so good. So good. Mm. Moving along to the correspondence uh, proper. Uh, where do we start? Uh, how about this one? Uh, Dick writes, here's the deal. The real tragedy of the economy is these small businesses are not only suffering and going out of business, leaving many unemployed, but these ignorant, in the classical sense and not knowing anything about economics, these ignorant bureaucrats are destroying the capital used to start, fund, and expand those businesses. That capital is gone forever and not easily replaced without savings, which will be very difficult in the hamstrung economy. Um, I have a feeling, uh, Dick, that the, uh, the government will merely borrow more of the children's money and hand that out, but we'll have to see. I don't believe that these mostly Democrat politicians are clever enough to do this on purpose to kill the free market system and usher in socialism, but that's the practical effect of their decrees. So are the Dotsies connecting that the profits from small businesses eventually go to start other businesses somewhere down the chain? Well, yes, and that almost every small business is start, started with a family savings. Gotcha. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and combined with loans, perhaps, but those savings are gone. And um, and it takes a long damn time to accumulate savings. You can't get the word, "Hey, the COVID's over," and 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 you know the COVID gods put the savings back in your bank account. Uh, Robert informs us, guys, patriots in the Pacific Northwest city of Olympia, Washington, are actively engaging the Antifa slash BLM protesters. Are they? I got to look into that. Hmm. My eye has not been on beautiful Olympia. Ah, Olympia. It's my rancid impersonation. It's a good beer. It's one of the cheaper ones, but I enjoy it. Is that a song? Oh, yeah. Rancid Olympia? Yeah, I don't know That's one of your all-time punk, uh, modern punk songs. How'd I miss that? I like Rancid. Recently covered by folk guitarist Molly Tuttle on her new album. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. Anybody with questions on this topic, address them to Jack, clearly. What other show going to get you a Molly Tuttle reference? Not a lot. Hmm? I I like this. Uh, Interesting, guys. Hundreds of people gathered over hours at Walter Reed for the president's uh, vigil there, and zero looting. No arsons, no buildings burnt down, no one was shot. It's funny how that works. Uh, Michael, come back with Rancid Olympia next break. Oh, yeah. Little shout out to Olympia over there. Your 90s 
punk leader, Armstrong and Getty. Antifa and the good guys taking it to, taking it to each other. Duck boys, here comes praise, writes Brian. Are you broadly aware of how good you are? I'll give you my assessment. Well, let's see. Then he mentions shows he used to listen to and has abandoned, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention them because I don't want to gloat. Well, wow, you're a big man. <laughs> uh, because you guys, you know, it's actually be nice to somebody today. That's what you're doing. Well, at the very least, uh, withhold cruelty. Okay, <laughs> if you can't be nice, <laughs> I like national withhold cruelty day. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, why have I done this? Because you have everything covered. The portrayal of devil's advocates on issues to illustrate the truth. National fit for my conservative yet libertarian leanings. Unfailing wit when we need it most and just simple and pure entertainment. Uh, and I said, hey, that's really high praise. Thank you. We'll, be, we'll try to be worthy of it, I wrote back. Uh, and he said, uh, I think your staying worthy will be effortless. All you need to do is KFTC. Oh, I meant to have that clip ready, KFTC. <laughs> Which stands for, you don't want to know what it stands no, for. Actually, it's, it's, it's nonsensical. The latest on everything coming up. And some Trump real and shit. Getty. <laughs> this is Rants at Olympia, Washington. A tribute to Olympia where Antifa and the good guys are battling it out for what is all the good in the world. This must have come out when I had a house full of little kids, probably. But I think they say, I think they say, went down to the porn house. Listen to this and tell me if it's porn house. Maybe it's later in the course. Isn't that porn house? It's got a lovely voice. All right, that's enough. That's so, Molly Tuttle's version is they took us to the, I don't forget what she says. Waffle House? Fun House, Bowling Alley, something. But she oh. left out Porn House because she's, she's wholesome. So Anyway, um, there is one piece of medical equipment carefully calibrated to determine how sick Donald Trump actually is. And it's called the Twitter machine. And the fact that Donald Trump didn't tweet for like 36 hours meant, I guarantee you, that he was in a pretty dicey situation. And the fact that he has blasted out about 500 tweets in the last couple of hours means he's feeling much better. That carefully calibrated piece of medical equipment. Indeed, yeah. He's really brought it this morning. We could share some of that There's with you. no way, and we said this on Friday, clearly true, there's no way he was fine. They're just isolating out of sense of precaution. He's just sitting in a hotel room or in the hospital room watching Fox, not tweeting. Right. Not a chance of that. Agreed. Agreed. So he was in he was in rough shape over the weekend, and we might not find out for, you know, 20 years just how bad it was at one point, but who knows. Right. Let's hope this is not an uptick followed by a, a downturn, which happens with the vid occasionally, but uh, the president seems to be doing a lot better, so that's good news. Captain Frank Umbrino is the head guy at the Rochester Police Department. He held a, a press conference uh, not long ago, talking about the mass shooting. There was a, I believe it was a house party or a, a barbecue, a backyard barbecue that was shot up by a bunch of people. Couple dead, many injured, etc. And he held a press conference about it. And boy, did he hold forth. We're going to play you a longish clip a little bit, uh, discuss, and then uh, play you another clip. But he does such a beautiful job of laying out the enormous hypocrisy slash paradox slash stupidity that is so much of uh of 
progressive politics right now. Uh, we're going to play 50 first, Sean. Uh, what's basically your reaction to this, uh, this violence that's been happening in the community recently? Uh, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. You know, 90% of the residents in this community are good, hardworking people. And, you know, I feel terrible for them that the decisions of a few bad people are having the impact that it is right now. You know, what are the answers moving forward? You know, I, I have my ideas. I've been on the job for almost 30 years now. What I can tell you is that I'm not surprised by the violence that's been taking place. You know, and I'm going to get in trouble probably for this. Um, but if I hear one more politician talk about, you know, what we need to do to stop the violence, we need more gun laws, we need this, we need that, uh, quite frankly, I'm going to vomit. Um, these people that say that have no idea what they're talking about. We have a lot of gun laws currently on the books that we do not enforce. I shouldn't say we don't enforce, we enforce them, but you have individuals getting locked up for illegal handguns and being released from custody the next day. That's disgusting. How does that happen? So if anybody is surprised that there's been an uptick in violence since we don't enforce the current gun laws that we have, I don't know what to tell you. But those are the facts. These politicians that, that want to say we need more gun laws, we need this, we need that, do me a favor, just stop talking because you really don't know what you're talking about. Come and ask anybody that, that lives in these neighborhoods. I've had conversations over the last three weeks with dozens of people that live in these neighborhoods, that live on Bernard Street, that live on Pennsylvania Avenue. They don't believe any of the stuff you're saying. There, there needs to be accountability. I'll equate it to this. If you're speeding and you get pulled over by the police and it's a $5 fine, do you really care if you get pulled over speeding? Probably not, right? You need to get to where you need to get to. So if you're an individual who has an illegal handgun or you're thinking about carrying an illegal handgun and you know that you get stopped and arrested with that handgun and you're going to get out of, the nail, out of jail the next day, do you care if you get caught? He really completes the argument in clip 52. It's fairly short. Go ahead and hit that. So the bail reform that, you know, government did, that plays a major part in upticking crime? Bail reform, in, in my opinion, as a 30-year veteran in law enforcement and working in the city of Rochester for the last 30 years, bail reform has a significant impact on the amount of crime and the uptick in crime that's been occurring uh, in our community and throughout New York State. Look at the numbers. I sent the numbers out not long ago. I don't hear a lot about it in the media, but the numbers are, are terrible. And anybody that says that bail reform is not part of the blame in that, again, you're fooling yourself. And, and please stop. So tell us what's going on with the bail thing. That's a big deal in California and New York and a variety right. of places where they're trying something new, and it doesn't seem to be working from the law enforcement point of view. No cash bail. If the judge says you're especially dangerous, we're going to keep you, they keep you. If the judge says, no, nah, we're going to let him go. you got to show up for your trial, all right? Yeah, yeah, I'll show up. They let him go without any bail, any cash bail, which, as anybody in the justice system who knows what they're talking about will tell you, is people show up for trial so they or their family or the bail bondsman doesn't get stuck with the bill because then it gets nasty. And then, you know, your family's really mad at you or you've lost your money or your bail bondsman comes hunting you down or whatever. So... But very briefly, just to keep this simple, 
What he's saying is you got Democrat politicians constantly yelling for more gun laws. People break the gun laws. Violent, bad people break the gun laws. The Democrats insist that we let them out and end the the school-to-prison pipeline, or we want to outlaw prisons. We want to take down prisons. Black Lives Matter is all about that. We want to end prisons. And then you institute these bail reforms where you can't even hold them pre-trial as a violent gun-wielding felon. And these are all policies pushed by the Democrats. Hmm. So you are howling for more gun laws that you then howl must not be enforced. What the hell? That is confusing. Those two things can't happen at the same time. And you can't have the uh, no cash bail letting people out and do more gun laws. And... By far, the vast, vast, vast majority of victims of gun violence are poor minority Americans who vote Democrat every damn time. And as uh, our our friend uh, the captain there pointed out, I'm not hearing this in the media a lot. Yeah, well, I tell you what, it is a hell of an asset, Republicans, to own the media. Don't you wish? It's (laughs) It's really handy that the left owns the friggin' media. We'll have more from the captain later on in the show. He uh, he had more to say. We should run through a couple of Trump's... And it's great. We Sorry. should run through a couple of Trump's <laughs> tweets since he is obviously feeling better because some of them are kind of entertaining. Yes! Uh, first, we need to tell you about uh, Car Shield, which is just a great idea, especially the the sweet spot is for anybody who had a car, you know, you, you bought it, and it's got the bumper-to-bumper warning. Everything's covered. Oh, what a great feeling it is. Anything goes wrong, I'm just going to drop it off. You fix it. Ain't my problem. Um, but then the warranty runs out, and then you're worried all the time, and Car Shield steps in then and takes care of things so you don't have to worry anymore when the check engine light comes on. Yeah, I mean, there are a variety of plans, too, customized for you, and no long contracts, no commitment. You get tired of it, you don't want it anymore, maybe you get a new car, you're out, boop, no problem. Getting signed up and not being signed up are both very easy things to do with the, with the way the commitments work. CarShields has helped over a million drivers. They're America's number one auto protection company. You're going to be impressed. A lot of people are. The reviews are fabulous. Go to CarShield.com. Use the code Armstrong to save 10%. That's CarShield.com. Click around. Then you decide you want it. Use Armstrong to save 10%. Or call 1-800-CAR-6000, and again, the code is Armstrong for Car Shield. So, Trump not tweeting all weekend long meant to me that he was, uh, he was, they, they were, they were taking things really, really seriously. Um, and, but he's tweeting like crazy now, and a lot of all caps tweets, short all caps treat, tweets, just like streams of short all caps tweets, like, peace suit through strength, bring our soldiers home, vote, save our second amendment, vote. Fight the corrupt fake news media. Vote. Yes. Protect pre-existing conditions. Vote. Whoa, wait a minute. I've heard over and over the Republicans are going to take that away. Oh, man, I heard that yesterday, too. I know. I know. I know. You know, I I realize, like, for instance, Rahm Emanuel, chief of staff under Obama, mayor of Chicago. He's on one of the talk shows yesterday. I realize he's trying to help Biden get elected, but he just kept saying this election has become about pre-existing conditions. COVID's a pre-existing condition. 
If Amy Coney Barrett is on the court, that you you will you will have that pre existing condition and not be able to get insurance. That yeah. is just a lie. Yeah, that's just not true. But yeah. whatever, it's politics. I get it. Pro yeah. life. Every, every everybody from the president to the vice president to Mitch McConnell down to your city alderman has said, "Oh no 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 no, we'll protect pre existing conditions." These are all different tweets. Better and cheaper health care. Vote. Space Force, vote! That's my favorite tweet, I think. Yes! Just in all caps, Space Force, Space Force, period, vote, exclamation point. You want n- no Space Force and space totally empty? Don't vote then, well, idiot! I don't know if that's for or against, um, uh, just reminding us we have it. Vote. I don't know what it is. It's just, Space Force, vote! That's for, a good one. clearly. 401k, vote! Yes! I think that's his shortest tweet. He had this buildup of, of tweets in him because he didn't tweet for the longest period he's ever gone. Maybe right. and maybe since Twitter was invented. Right. And uh, it's just it's pouring out of him. Stock market highs. Vote. Strongest ever military. Vote. Law and order. Vote. Religious liberty. Vote. These yes. are all different tweets. Yes. And then I like he retweeted somebody named Diamond and Silk. Who is that? that there are two uh, YouTube commentators. A couple of black gals who are pro-Trump. They're funny. They're sassy. He retweeted them saying, we want to say thank you for being the best president ever. Wow. <laughs> there you go. That's nice. Um, <laughs> so he, 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 he obviously must be feeling better. Although, according to the experts, he's like right at the seven, eight day mark where you either continue to get better or your immune system kicks in. And that's when things get really worse. So we'll see what happens. Um, I wish it had been pointed out more over the last four days that statistically, it's overwhelmingly likely that he doesn't die. I mean, that's like even a seventy-four-year-old fat guy. Even a, yeah, even in his with all of his situations, nine out of ten people make it, and that's without the health care he's getting. Mm-hmm. So you know, while I understand this is the uh, worst health crisis for any president in forty years, still you got a ninety-plus percent chance of being okay. Right. Um. So. You know, you have to keep that in mind. Well, we'll all know soon. Well, they didn't help things on Saturday. We can talk some about that, what was going on, but uh, we got a lot to get to today. Yeah, Our text did. line is 415-295-KFTC. Oh, did you hear Jim Carrey doing his Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live? We'll play a clip of that for you coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. to debate, Joe. Absolutely not. I've got the beginning of 46 thoughts. <laughs> now let's do this. I'm holding my bladder. Let's get at her. Jim Carrey as Joe Biden. I've got the beginning of 46 thoughts. That's pretty good. <laughs> Come on. And... President Trump, if you stand back and get out of the way, it's clear that he only has the beginning of those thoughts and gets lost. But if you jump in right away, you bail him out. Yeah. And you look like the mean guy. Well, and he's been forced to adopt policies that are indefensible. So make him defend them. What did we think of the season premiere of Saturday Night Live? I won't watch that liberal garbage. <laughs> I don't think I'm man enough if Megan the Stallion took a liking to me. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. Oh, certainly not at your present age. (laughs) 
She she is in a different you know age group. I uh, I don't know what I thought of Jim Carrey's Joe the Biden wrestling tournament of life. His um, ability to morph into the people he's impersonating is really pre- like not the the voice necessarily, but just the physical look yeah, and like yeah. his, his way. That he's old rubber face. He can just contort his face. Yeah, it's ways. amazing. I just yeah. thought I wonder what motivated him. He contacted Lorne Michaels of Saturday Night Live and said, "Hey, I want to be your Joe Biden next year." And I just wonder what motivated him to do that. Well, he's a performer. He, he's a skilled one. I'm sure he he tried the face in the mirror and thought, "Wow, I nailed it." And he wants attention. And I also felt like some of the shots at Joe Biden didn't get much laughs. I just, I don't think the, I don't think people are built for that anymore. For sitting there and and watching someone make fun of Trump and Biden. Oh, no, wait a second. Right. That's not the way this is supposed to work. All yeah. the jokes are supposed to be at the expense of the stupid president or at Joe Biden, depending on you. I came here to watch you beat up on <laughs> yeah. the Republicans. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. That was, uh, I know, uh, Craig, the healthcare guru's reaction. He t- texted it to both of us. He just, he can't take just the constant outpouring of hate toward anybody to the right of Joe Manchin. So I don't know how much you followed this over the weekend. Uh, Saturday morning, a whole bunch of guys in lab coats came out and uh, doctors. They and, were doctors, Jack. And uh, did a little kind of press. Not like TV ad doctors, actual doctors. Did a little press conference thing and uh, saying the president's in good spirits and everything's fine, everything like that. And then, okay, fine. And, and then like a minute later, the president's chief of staff gathers the biggest media heavyweights around and says, I'd like to go off the record here. And says the president was in bad shape yesterday. It was touch and go, and man, we were giving him oxygen, and we didn't know what it was going to be like. And wait a second, that's not the doctors just said. Why? And why are you telling us this? And so then everybody was reporting like within minutes of the doctor's press conference saying everything is fine. And he's doing great. He's rallying folks. And the president's own chief of staff puts out a completely different story just moments later. And I have no idea what was going on. There. Have you? Okay. So I was going to say it's inexplicable unless you've heard it explicked. And I have no, not. No, no, nobody's explained what, what possibly the, was going on. Well, there. now the doctors have come back. And uh, do we have their. their is there, what do we. I know we have some clips of the docs, but are they um, addressing that question? No. No, I think that we have from the initial, the initial yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, what I've heard now is they're saying, well, look, we we're just trying to tell you how he was doing right now. We weren't, like, going back to the history. That's not we, – we're not going to give all the ups and – we were just giving the, the snapshot in time. Although the reporters – we're clearly trying to ask, all right, how was he yesterday? Well, right. Was the, he ever, like, bad? And the doctors weren't going to answer that. No. Which, uh, is that like a HIPAA regulation? Or did they think that was what the messaging was supposed to <laughs> I be? Heard, or I heard somebody bring up HIPAA regulations and then it gets dicey. They've got to revamp HIPAA regulations. In my life, they do way more harm than good. Something needs to be done about that. Anyway... Um, sh- that would be crazy if we can't get certain news about the president because it violates HIPAA. Uh, and, and although at the same time, and I know you agree with me on this, that um, we don't have a right to know no. at all. No. Unless he's dead. No, but they they got to figure out how and to handle even that. even then, like maybe a day later. Oh, that yeah, would be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> Once Pence is in charge and got everything gathered and they got the planes in the air and they've sent a you know a message to China, hey, by the way, everything's fine. 
You know, we, we right. don't need He's, to know. Yeah, Pence has met with the Joint Chiefs and the cabinets. Everybody has their act together. The military goes to DEFCON 3. I don't know what they're at right now. Anyway, uh, they, they move up a level just to be so, ready. And now, Mark, okay, uh, so, folks, the president's dead. So then it sounds like we're in agreement that what the doctors did is fine. Yes. You come out and you stretch the truth, lie, obfuscate, whatever, whatever it is, how far they go. Perfectly fine. But then why does the president's own main guy tell the press? It was dicey yesterday, and it's still dicey. I have no idea. What the hell was that? Uh, I, I don't know. And Mark Meadows is usually a fairly steady rolling guy and a, a, a practical guy and the rest of it. I, I'm mystified by this. Uh, we, you know, obviously after a certain time period, we have the right to know what's going on sure. with the president. But a moment to moment, we have no more right to know his health than we, we have the right to know the positions of our submarines. At this moment. Of course. Oh, yeah, there's one right outside of Guangzhou, and there's another one keeping an eye on Moscow, well, the doctors, which is a hell of a thing for a submarine, if you're familiar with the geography. The doctors, you were, see my point. the doctors were pretty transparently holding back when they asked him, so has he been given oxygen? He has not been given oxygen today. Well, he's been given oxygen at any point. You've got it exactly right. He has not been given oxygen today. Okay, I understand what you're doing here, all right? Even though you're a doctor and I'm not, I get what you're doing. <laughs> I know I figured out today. your ruse. <laughs> not today. <laughs> you got Let's, it right. Not today. Let's live for today. Yeah. Yesterday is in the past. Text today. line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.